Hello, and welcome to the Special Hope Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and today I'd like to welcome to the show my friend Bronwyn Murphy. Bronwyn serves as the Inclusion Coordinator at University Covenant Church in Davis, California, and is the co-facilitator of Me Too, a support group for mothers of children with special needs. She also serves as a board member for University Covenant Nursery School, which is UCC's inclusive weekday preschool. She is married with three children and has sat on both sides of the IEP table, both as a special education teacher and as a parent. And today we'll be discussing how to build positive relationships with the ministry leaders at your church. Bronwyn is both a parent of a child with special needs as well as a ministry leader in her church. So she has a lot of encouragement to offer in this area. So Bronwyn, welcome to A Special Hope. Thank you. Glad to have you. So first, I just want to say you're going to be at Inclusion Fusion Live this coming April. I am. That I am. Very exciting. And what are you going to be talking about? Um, I will be talking about um, how to uh, build and sustain um, a support group for parents of kids with special needs at your church. Oh, fantastic. And you lead a support group. Tell me a little bit about the Me Too group that you've got. Um, so our Me Too group, we meet... Uh, once a month, and um, it is comprised of um, moms um, of children with special needs, um, all different kinds of special needs and all different ages of kids. Uh, Some of us have multiple children um, with different special needs in the group, and um, it's comprised of people um, that are in our church, people that are in other churches, people who are not in church um, at all, um, you know, people from the community, from our community in Davis um, and from the surrounding cities. Fantastic. And how long have you been doing that for? Um, we've been doing that for about three years. Um, I am not the sole person um, uh, that, that facilitates that. Um, I do. Um, someone I work with, uh, my friend and my coworker, um, she also um, is a facilitator, and she was actually the, uh, the uh, brainchild behind it happening. So um, I said yes, and here we are. So. Well, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. So being a special needs uh, parent, but also being in ministry at your church. I think that provides you with kind of a, a unique perspective on the special needs relationship between parents and ministry leaders. And that's what we are going to focus today on. So what I'd like to ask you are just kind of how you handle special needs families, you know, from the time that they walk in the door through things that happen, whether good or bad, how those conflicts are handled and hopefully resolved, and suggestions you might have for both ministry leaders and for parents. So first, what is your current method of communication with special needs parents for a new child who comes to your class? Like, do you talk with them ahead of time? How do they find you? Is there a form they fill out online? Tell me about that process. Up to this point, I'm usually, um, if they're coming new to the church, they're connected um, with someone either in children's ministry or youth ministry or someone who is connected um, with our ministry in some way that they know um, that we are here and we provide support um, in that way. So um, generally, I have an idea of who they are or they know who I am or they someone has talked to me um, ahead of time um, that you know, someone would like to come. So um, I do my best um, to reach out, you know, um, email, Facebook, um, our town is small, so sometimes it's at school, um, we see each other. And so um, just to kind of connect ahead of time and just um, if I don't know their child very well, just to kind of learn more about the child's strengths and needs and just what the family is hoping for, you know, as as uh, they attend church. And so, um, yeah, all those conversations kind of happen organically. And um, so far, it's been very positive. 
That's fantastic. And what is helpful for you to know? Um, you're talking about getting strengths and, and weaknesses and, and the needs of, of the child, but what specific things are you looking for that's going to better enable you to do your job and the teachers to do their jobs? What is it that you're looking for from parents? Maybe, um, you know, I, I like to ask, like, you know, what's um, your previous experience, you know, for your child in a group setting? Like, how's it going at school? Um, what kind of supports do they receive at school? Um, what, are the, what do they like to do? What motivates them? What kind of situations um, may um, cause, you know, anxiety or situations maybe that have not gone well in the past? And um, how, what have the parents found that um, kind of helps them through that? Um, so just kind of getting us a, uh, a picture of what's been happening. Um, and what has gone well and what hasn't gone well, and maybe you know, to, to kind of make a way forward and, and to be a, have a successful entry to Sunday school in, in our church body. And how are they welcomed into the church family, uh, especially if they're if they're new? You know, they've, they've you said they typically will have a connection already. Maybe they have a friend who goes there or someone said, hey, you know, you have has this ministry. You should go check them out. But what does it look like when a family comes in? How are they welcomed by the rest of the church body? Or does it, I mean, is it totally organic? Does it happen first within the Sunday school classes? Yeah, usually in the Sunday school classes. Um, so um, when a family comes, any family, when they come, um, they go register um, at the kids' ministry registration table to check in and, and gain all their information. And so usually if it's somebody um, that I know is coming, or even if I don't know, um, I get called over. And so we um, we stand in front of the kids' ministry wing and we greet everyone who comes in. So um, I try to make that initial connection right away um, and introduce like who I am and introduce them to at least one other person, either on staff or like a key volunteer. And um, because I think the more connections, um, the more points of connection, the more relationships, um, the better it goes and just and the more welcome they feel. And so I try to just show them all the things that they may need to know, introduce them to the teachers. Um, and as far as I let the parents lead with how much um, they want to tell the teachers in that time um, because some disclose a lot and some maybe not. And I want to be sensitive to what kind of, you know, what, what their story is and what they're coming from. Um, so I try to just introduce them to as many people as possible um, without overwhelming them. Right. But I think I'm um, just the more connection points, um, the better. And like I said, usually they know someone in children's ministry. Um, our preschool, um, we have a fairly um, robust alumni base. So a lot of them um, have been connected to the preschool before. Um, so usually it's a somewhat familiar um, setting for, for most people. Oh, that's good. That's really helpful for the kids, too, to be in a familiar environment right. as well. For kids who, who come in whose parents maybe aren't divulging as much information, you know, maybe you can tell that there are some issues and you're trying to be sensitive to, you know, to their privacy, but you also need to be aware of some things. What are some things that that you really need to know about a child who's coming in? Um, well, if they have any... Um you know, medical, if they're having seizures, if they have uh, food allergies, like those kind of medical things, and we need to know right away just to keep everyone safe. Um, and so that's probably the first thing, um, the most important disclosure at the beginning um, to keep everyone safe. As far as other things, I mean, a lot of times, um, especially for the younger guys, kind of the preschool, kindergarten age, when maybe um, parents have, um, you know, they have some suspicion that there might be something more to their child than just like, you know, hyperactivity, whatever. Um, they think like, oh, maybe there's something going on. I want to kind of look into this. Um, you know, that happens fairly often. So they may not have a diagnosis coming in, but um, we'll say, hey, well, you know, we can support your child by doing X, Y, Z. Um, you know, we'll let them use the sensory equipment. We'll let them, 
play outside on our big on our big climbing tower. We can supply, you know, we can give them a buddy um, to help them with circle time. We can provide transitional objects. So I think um, I think just offering that and saying, hey, we see you, we see your child, and they're valuable to this class, and we want them in this class. I think communicates a whole lot um, to a parent. Oh, absolutely. How do you feel parents receive that? Are they are they very receptive to you offering all these things, even if they haven't told you what they specifically need? Yeah, I mean, usually I ask, you know, what, what do you need or what, what, what has gone well, what hasn't? Um, but, um, you know, as the child is in, you know, our Sunday school classes, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, like, you know, sometimes you notice patterns that develop or um, the parents will say, oh, I've been thinking about this or that. Um, and so I think just being responsive to that, I know for me on the other side of it, when we came um, to the preschool, um, I was in that position where we were kind of like, I think we're dealing with something other than just a three-year-old boy, you know, um, and um, mm-hmm. and they said, well, here's, you know, here's what we can do for you. Um, and so just to think that like, oh, someone sees my child, that someone sees me and they see a need and, and they're offering to help um, was incredibly powerful to me. Um, because I didn't know, he was my oldest, I did not know how to go. We'd never been in school before. So I think just communicating to the parent, and, and it looks different with each parent. I think that's where, you know, you kind of have to be a little bit discerning and um, kind of let the parent lead a little bit. It looks a little different in, yeah. in how we may offer support or what, we, what, what words we may use to communicate. But I think the communication of we see you, we see your child, we want them here, we want them to be successful and feel like they belong here is powerful. Right. And I think being on the other side of it, you kind of know what it feels like to be the new parent, uh, bringing your child in somewhere. And so to be aware of what it is that you needed then um, is helping you to be able to give parents what they need now on this side of things. You know, when you're on the other side of the door, welcoming them to come inside, you know exactly what it feels like to be in their shoes, kind of the the nervousness and not really knowing how things are going to go. And all of those different kinds of things. Right. I mean, and church is kind of an interesting um, place like that because, you know, at school, like most of most of us as parents, you know, we expend a lot of our, uh, you know, emotional and mental resources and working with school and how how to connect kids to school and making sure the IEP goes well and all these things. And so I don't necessarily think parents always think that church is a place that they can also ask for things. Like I know I did not for a few years. I didn't really think about church is a place that could be um, a support and a resource um, for my family. Mm. And so I think communicating that like, hey, this can be an easy place. Like it doesn't have to be hard. Like maybe some of the rest of life is hard because some of it is. I mean, some of, you know, therapies and therapies and meetings and evaluations and assessments, all those things are really hard. So if Sundays don't have to be hard, um, that is powerful. Yeah. And that's so important for parents to understand that ministry leaders you know, they're they're trying to make things easier. Um, they don't want, you know, you don't want it to be difficult on them. You want them to be able to come in and to be relaxed and to be able to um, to drop their kid off and be confident and trust that they're in good hands. And that can be scary. That can be really scary for a lot of families. Absolutely. Who have been in difficult situations. Have you ever had a difficult situation and you don't need to say names or, or anything like that, but, um, or churches that you've been in or, or, or maybe you've, maybe you've had parents come to you saying, you know, we've had this very different experience over here and it, it was very hard. Um, do you have any, any stories about the difficulties that, that parents have gone through, whether you yourself or someone, you know, have been through at other churches? 
Yes, um, the answer is yes to all of those questions. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think church, you know, versus school, right? In, in school, you think you have, you know, one teacher who's with the same kids all day long for 180, 185 days of school year, right? And we think about church, um, you know, often it's a rotating set of volunteers, um, like very wonderful, good-hearted, well-meaning volunteers, but a rotating set of volunteers that maybe, you know, interact once a week, you know, with a child, you know, if we, they do youth group and things like that a little bit more. But there are, like, fewer points of contact. Um, so there are fewer hours and fewer opportunities to build those trusting relationships. So when things don't go well, and also, you know, church, unlike school, like, there's no mandate that, <laughs> there's no government mandate that you, you go, right? Right. Um, so church is elective, right, to most families. Um, so I think there is that. And, and I think if church does feel hard, it is hard to to come here and to, to come and to, to leave your child, you know, in a, in a Sunday school class or some kids, they may have had a really bad experience in Sunday school. Maybe, you know, the teacher didn't understand them or the kids didn't understand them or they just, it was just not a supportive environment. And that, that certainly happens all over the place um, right. <laughs> all the time. And, and, and so I think the nature of church and the way, um, you know, church is structured, like we have to be intentional about communication and creating those positive spaces of belonging because it is different than something like school or, or going to right. therapy or something like that. Um, and that's not right. so regular. So yes, it does happen. And what do you think is one of the biggest challenges for ministry leaders who are trying to welcome in families with special needs kids? Um, I think, I don't know if the biggest challenge, like a challenge is that, um, you know, special needs is just so broad, right? I mean, just like humanity, right? There are so many different kinds of needs. You know, they say you meet one child with autism, you've met one child with autism, right? So you can't quite say, okay, here's our policy or our program for kids with autism. Here's our program for kids with Down syndrome. Here's our program for kids with anxiety or depression. Like you can't say that um, because those kinds of things don't exist. Um, it's a very individual one-to-one relationship building sort of thing that takes a lot of time. And, and, and rightfully it should, because I think about me, the most impactful relationships that my family has had in our own journey um, have been people who have been with us and you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't leave us, right? They, they, they stayed in during the times that were hard, the times that were challenging. They celebrated with us during the times that were good. And that all takes time. So I think, you know, from a ministry perspective, like you have to be, you have to know going into it, this is going to take time. Parents have all different levels of trust or mistrust, you know, based on past experiences, right? And so what works for one child or one family may not work for the other. And I think you have to just have that flexibility and the expectation that, you know, like God is ultimately the one that's doing all of this. Like God is the one that's ultimately doing all of this ministry. And so what I think might be the right time may not be, or what I think might be what I think they need, they may need something totally different. And so I think just being open to that. So you're talking about that it takes time for relationships to be built between parents and ministry leaders. And so for ministry leaders, that means that you kind of have to have a long-term goal in your mind, you know, or, or a mindset of this is, this is a long run. You know, this is not a week-to-week thing. This is a, we want to be here every week. We want to be here for the families. We want to let them know that we're here for them and, you know, and be there for the long run. And for parents, I think it's important to understand too, that the more that you commit to, to coming on a regular basis, as much as possible, and we completely understand when life happens and meltdowns happen, we totally understand that. But the, the general encouragement, though, is to keep going, even if it feels hard, even if it feels, you know, even if it 
Yes. Even if it's like, you know, unnerving and anxiety inducing, you know, to, to keep coming and to keep trying and to keep building those relationships because in the long run it'll be better for for you as a parent and for the ministry leaders you know it's really hard to build a relationship when when people aren't there it does, yeah, um, it does. <laughs> and the more time that passes in between and then you see them again and then if something especially if something happens that causes a rift in the relationship and then if there's time that passes between that then it just you know it, it can kind of cause a divisive rift in the relationship that is just not good in the long run. So we want to encourage families to keep going and for ministry leaders to keep going too, you know, to keep pressing on and to keep trying to make those accommodations and keep trying to to talk with parents and to build that relationship. And, you know, for parents, if ministry leaders are doing what they can and they're really genuinely, you know, putting forth effort into getting to know your child and getting to know you and building that relationship. And that's something to keep going for. Absolutely. You know, keep moving towards it and it'll get, it can get better with time. Oh, absolutely. I, I always tell families, not just families, you know, inclusion ministry families. I tell all children's ministry families, you know, we're here every Sunday, right? That's how church goes. We're here every Sunday. Um, same time, same place every Sunday. Um, you know, so just like the door is always open to you. And, and I tell families, you know, the, like we, we have every intention of putting the supports in um, to make it go well for you and your child. But if it doesn't, we still want you to come back. Right. Like if, like if it doesn't go well one week, that's okay. Like we still want you to come back. Um, and I think communicating that very clearly um, and very you know, overtly to parents is very powerful um, because there's a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times in places that I've wanted to be like, nope, I'm, I'm noping out of here. I'm not, I'm not coming back. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm taking the first nope train out because I can't do this. Um, this is too hard. But I think if we as ministry leaders communicate to parents, like, you know, we're here every Sunday. We want you here. And even if it's not perfect, we still want you. Like your child and your family still has incredible value to our church body and to the larger body of Christ. That's what we should be doing. Right. Tell me more about what that value is. What what is the value that these families are providing and the children themselves? What um, talk to me about the body of Christ and and why why you do what you do? I mean, every single person has a specific set you know of strengths and and gifts that are, that can be utilized in the church in the community in the broader world. And I think um, my job, um, part of my job, is to kind of help kids and help the church see this right to unlock this and say like. Just because this person has autism does not mean they can't go on a mission trip to Mexico. Or just because this person, you know, has anxiety or depression does not mean they cannot be, you know, a small group leader, right? Like I think to kind of, um, I don't know, God, God created everyone, you know, in his image, right? And he created people with special needs disabilities in his image as well. Like it's not, like it, this does not exclude you from contributing um, or forming a friendship. And so I think... You know, it's just like anyone else, right? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone has gifts and strengths. And so to be able to do that and to be able to communicate and, and for the families, right? I mean, like they belong in this community just as much as anyone else does. Like there's nothing that precludes them from doing so. So they should they should be here and they should feel like they belong here. Yes. Thank you for saying that. You know, thank you for that encouragement. Because parents need to hear that there are ministry leaders who truly do believe this. We do. I I work with, you know, eight, nine, ten people who truly believe this, and that's the best part about this. Right. And unfortunately, there have been 
there have been people within churches who have who have hurt families and who who maybe they say that they believe this, but their actions or their words didn't show that they believe this. And so the families felt that their children didn't have value and that's why they left. Or the families felt that they weren't, you know, they may have been included, you know, their child may have been in the same class as, as the other kids who didn't have disabilities, but they weren't really welcome there, right. you know, or they were kind of put off or not talked to or, or whatever, you know, there weren't relationships that were being sought out to be formed. And so I think it's important for families to know that even if that has been your experience, because it's been my experience, and it sounds like it's been your experience to an extent as well, at, at some point, you know, that families need to know that that we do care. There are churches who exist that care about your child and they they approve, not just approve, but they attribute value to your child because they recognize that your child has been created in God's image just like they have and just like you have. Exactly. And parents need to know that that's what we truly believe. That's what we that's what we want you to know. And that's why you keep coming. That's why you keep coming back. And that's why we keep coming back week after week after week. That's why we're there. And so, but we want to be able to do a good job and we want to do a better job. And, you know, and so how can parents be preparing their child for church activities at home? What suggestions can you give for parents who are saying, okay, I want to try this, but what can I do to help my child? So um, I think at the beginning, um, you know, like we were talking about, um, coming um, on a regular basis, like will help a lot of the kids, right? Because a lot of um, like you said, it builds helps the children build relationships. It helps them build more relationships, so they're not just connected. Maybe one or two people in class. Maybe they're connected to four or five or six. Um, also, coming regularly, um, you see all kind of different volunteers. So there's um, fewer um, unknown faces. Um, I think that's helpful, um, just to kind of do the exposure, so they know more people. Is there a way for parents to help their kids kind of know who they're going to be seeing that week? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, if your church has an inclusion coordinator, you can email them. They'll tell you. Um, but um, if they don't, I think you can um, contact like a ministry leader, a children's ministry leader, youth ministry leader. Just say, hey, we're thinking about coming to church this week, next week, the next couple of weeks. Can you let us know um, who's leading the groups or um, this is the grade my child is in? Who could they connect with? And I would say um, most of the time, right, um, they, they will definitely tell you who that is because that, that's certainly helpful for the child. And sometimes we've had a couple um, kids, a um, couple families um, that we've met ahead of time. If I know their buddy is going to be so-and-so, um, we've met ahead of time if that's um, helpful for their child. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the needs of the kids. Um, and but I think as far as ministry leaders, like, we can do that. And that's not, we should be doing that. We should be able to um, to to do those things. Right. When we were starting to go to a new church, we were preparing uh, Sam ahead of time for, you know, who his teacher was going to be. And they actually sent us pictures of the teachers. Yes. And so we were able to say, this is Jeff and Emily, and they are going mm-hmm. to be your teachers. And so he could see their faces. And then when he met them, they weren't brand new people. Exactly. I mean, they were, to, you know, in person, but he had at least seen their face. They were familiar to him and he knew their names. And that's that's helpful for kids and even kids who are nonverbal, if we can show them pictures of things. And so 
if your church has a website, I strongly encourage you to put pictures of your children's ministry or your youth ministry or even your adult, just pictures of your church, pictures of the people, Mm -hmm. pictures of the spaces. If you have a sensory room, put pictures of that on there to show them. You can also, you know, like Brian would say, call ahead of time and set up a a meet and greet time, you know, like, hey, can we meet up with the buddy this week or can we meet their teacher you know, before we come to church when it's all crazy and chaotic and everything's all over the place. Yeah, that um, before church drop-off time, um, that is something, isn't it, um, for families? And uh, so, yeah, and like we have a, um, like a day camp we do um, at church every summer for a week. And so last year, um, the kids that had buddies that were kind of part of the inclusion um, portion of the camp, um, we had um, a walkthrough beforehand. I invited parents. Um, I said, hey, you know, if your child would benefit from coming on the Sunday before and looking at all of our spaces and walking through where snack is going to be, where Bible story is going to be, where art's going to be, where is rec going to be, um, you know, please come and do that. And you can meet some of the teachers and the leaders because it was Sunday before, so we we're all here setting up. And you can meet them. You can see the space. Um, and that certainly can happen for a Sunday even, you know. Come, yes, I work on Thursdays. Come and we can show you around the building. You know, we can show you around. I, I, I don't think I don't think that's out of um I don't think that's way out there in terms of things, you know, we can do. I think um that can be incredibly powerful. I know in my own my own life, um for my own family, like those all, all the prep we can do is is helpful because it makes the actual event and the actual time that we're there a whole lot smoother if we know kind of what to expect ahead of time. Absolutely. And it communicates a lot to the parents, too, when ministry leaders are proactive and saying, if you'd like to come up, we would love to meet you, you know, come up after school one day. That communicates so much to the parents. You know, I think even more than on a Sunday morning, we're so glad to have you. Because, right. I mean, let's face it, their church, they'll say that to, to anybody. And they mean it. Not that they don't mean it. They're genuine, and they really do mean it. But it's just different when, when a church leader is proactive, when a Sunday school teacher takes the reins and takes the initiative to send an email or even a phone call or a text message or whatever form of communication is set up to make contact with the parent and say, hey, I heard that I'm going to have Sam in class this week. I'm really excited to meet him. Can you let me know some things that he likes or things that he doesn't like just so I can be aware of that? You know, it it doesn't even have to be the children's ministries director who's doing that or the youth pastor. It could be a teacher. It can be a volunteer. It could be the high school buddy that's going to be with this child that can be proactive. I think any time, like you said, making points of contact, as many points of contact as we can, you know, if we can encourage our volunteers and encourage our teachers to, to be more proactive in their roles and step out and reach out to parents. And depending on the level of the kids, you know, we've got a, a kid who's in youth group, you know, who um, he might have autism, but he's verbal and goes to school and everything, you know, to make contact with the child themselves and not just the parent. Um, right you know, go through the parent first, of course, but to make contact with the child and, you know, hey, let's let's meet up for, I don't know, ice cream and mm-hmm. or coffee even, you know, high schoolers. You know, you can do that and make a point of contact and be proactive. And, and that really speaks volumes to we truly want you to be here. We're not just tolerating your presence or making accommodations for you. We really want you to be here. And we're excited to know you, you know, as a person. And I think that means a lot to parents. You know, oh, I, I know it means a lot to me, you know. Oh, absolutely it does. And I think um, 
too, and that, that, that kind of same topic, I think um, the follow-up is also incredibly important. Um, so, you know, if families come on a Sunday, like I'll text them or Facebook them, whatever, um, whatever method I've been using, um, and say, you know, how'd that go for you? Like, I heard they blah, blah, blah. They did whatever they did. Um, they did the story. They, you know, played it outside. They connected with, you know, this other friend. You know, how'd that go for you guys? Like, is there anything that we can do differently or what went well? And I think that follow-up is key because it's like we remembered they came, first of all. We remembered right. they came. And, and we want to know how it went, right? And we want to know um, what worked to make it even better for next time or subsequent times. And so, and I think that also shows, like, we see you, right? Like, we see you. Like, you didn't just come on a Sunday with all other 800 people at this church. But we came and we saw you. We saw your child. And we want to know how'd it go. And we want you back. Um, I, so I think that follow-up piece is just as important as all of the pre-prep. Because I think as a parent, you wonder, did anyone see me? Did anyone see my child? Right. Or did anyone see my child for more than autism? Did anyone see my child for more than ADHD? Did anyone see my child for more than fetal alcohol mm -hmm. syndrome? Did anyone see that? And so I think to communicate, to follow up and say, yes, we saw them for more than that is that I think that like is really what helps build that trust in that relationship. Like we see you because that's how the parents, that's how we see our kids. Right? We don't see them for um, whatever diagnoses they have or whatever behaviors they have. Like we see them for who they are. And I think that's what we need to communicate to parents in this follow up is yeah, you came on Sunday and we saw your child for who they are. Right. And that yeah, that that just speaks volumes to any parent's heart. You know, that's that's what we want for our child. That's what we want for all of our for all of our kids. We want them to feel welcomed and included, but we want them to be seen and we want people to know that they truly care about who our child is. And so you're right, the follow-up is hugely hugely important, but we need to make sure that that we that we're proactive in in doing the inviting and and following up with them and you know not not just sitting back and well you know we'll see if they said anything or you know right. we'll see if they have anything good or bad to say and then we'll go from there the more proactive you can be on either end you know before or after it brings a great sense of relief to the parents to know okay i don't have to do everything right i don't have to be the one to make all the contact i don't have to initiate every single conversation and that's what builds relationships. You know, if you have a friend who you are always the one texting them, you are always the one trying to set something up and they are never the ones to do it with you, you kind of get tired after a while. And so for parents, you know, to have, and we're always the one having to make contact, right? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. When we're going into schools, we're having to be the ones to call a meeting. Mm -hmm. We're having to be the ones to, you know, to make sure, you know, did, did this happen? Did this happen? Did that happen? So when teachers, um, but especially ministry leaders, when they're the ones to make contact with us and, um, and are positive and what they have to say, even if they have to tell us something hard, um, you know, when something, maybe something has happened, you know, even when they have to, to, to have that conversation with us, um, if they've been proactive, if they've been building up the relationship, then we're going to be more apt to want to continue to build that relationship with them. Uh, absolutely. And that and that rings so true to me and only because, you know, I've experienced it um, as well on the parent. And um, like I said, my um, my kids have are, are going through the, the preschool here, at the inclusive preschool. Um, and when my son was here, I remember I came and picked him up one day and um, things appeared to have gone less than well. Um, oh, no. And I thought, oh, geez. You know, I thought, okay, the, the, I, I said, this is how it's going to be. Okay. And um, his teacher was there and the director was there. And they just looked at me and they said, you know what, we're going to, we'll, we'll just try again tomorrow. And I thought, okay, like we will. And um, 
just the way they said it and the way they communicated to me, like, you know, we're going to do, we're going to try again tomorrow. Like they really communicate a lot to me. Like, you know, you see him and you see that he is more than this, right? You see that he is more than whatever day it was today. Um, whatever day we had today, like you see that he's more than this um, and you see the value in him and having him at the school and having him, you know, having our family here. And so I think about that all the time. And I, and I think about how often um, parents experience those things that are really hard, you know, at school or in the community or whatever. Um, and if we, you know, as a church and as church ministries, that doesn't have to be a place where it's hard. Uh, that's awesome. Right. Because there are right. so many places. Hard. But for someone to look at you as a parent, communicate to you, it's like, it's okay. You know, we'll try again tomorrow or we're going to try this tomorrow. Um, and I thought, wow, like they're in this with my kids just as much as I am as their parent. Um, and that, I mean, that happened probably five years ago. And I still think about that um, because it was that impactful to me at that time. Wow. And what encouragement would you offer to parents who might feel as if their child is not seen or they might feel like their child isn't welcome or maybe their behaviors appear to be too severe to come to regular church activities? You know, what encouragement do you have for parents who are like, that sounds really great, but that's just not going to happen for my kid because my kid is too X, Y, Z fill in the blank. So what encouragement do you have to offer to parents who who are going through a stage of they're just not, they don't feel like they're seen and their kid isn't seen and valued or or welcomed? What encouragement do you have for them? My encouragement is that um, I really and truly believe that like we are not meant to do any of this hard alone. And I didn't coin that phrase. That is something that we say at um, where I work all the time. And um, we are not meant to do this alone. Families are not meant to do this alone. Um, Someone is going to come alongside you. And I think for me as a parent, I had to be open to someone coming alongside me because when you're in that, when you feel like, oh, we're just too much, right? Like this, we're just too much for where we are um, or we're creating too many problems or it's too stressful. Um, I had to be open to letting someone else come next to me. Um, and that's, mm. I mean, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable, right? Because then they see all your stuff, right? They see your stuff. Um, and that's not necessarily the, the, the most comfortable place to be. But like we talked about before, um, it takes time to build those relationships, right? So I think um, as a parent, like just as the ministry leader is, is going to continue to, to move forward in that relationship, as a parent, if you're willing to let someone come alongside you so you don't have to do all this hard alone or whatever, however you call it, um, it's, it's, it I, I've, I have found the more I allowed that to happen, um, the more rich that support became and the more... Um, impactful and transformative it became in my life and my child's life and my family's life. Um, so I think looking for space to, you know, who can we connect with? Who, who, who wants to share in our story? And there will be people like I was astonished um, at the number of people and, and, and at the depth that they care about my family and my kids and, and their walk and my walk with God and just our lives. Um, yeah. I've had people like they know, we're going to a big appointment or they know we're having, you know, a big meeting at school and they'll text me afterward. How'd it go? I'm like, Oh my gosh, you remembered. Right. Um, I barely remember. Right? I'm a parent. Um, and so, and so I just think allowing somebody to come up, whether it's a ministry leader or, or, or what have you, like there is going to be somebody because we are, like, God did not make it to be that we are going to do this alone. Right. And what is the special hope that you have in your faith and in your special needs journey? You've shared about being alone. What what special hope do you have for for parents to hold on to? It might be the same thing that, that you've already said, but Right. And I, I yeah, I mean I think um, you know, 
when we we began at least when I began um my journey as a as a parent right um this is not necessarily what I thought of you know in terms of like challenges and things like there's all kinds of surprises along the way um but that doesn't mean that God didn't know that right right <laughs> like God was not surprised um I was maybe my husband was maybe we were um or maybe we felt inadequate maybe we felt unprepared but God doesn't right like and so and that's why you know we have all these people around us we have um, these people that support us. And um, so I, I really do think it's like, just because we, as parents, like I may feel, you know, horribly inadequate one day, <laughs> um, that doesn't mean, right? That doesn't mean that God is absent. That doesn't mean that God is not in it somehow. And so I, I do think about that a lot in those times. It's like, I, can't, I, I literally just can't do one more appointment. I literally can't do one more thing. I literally can't go to Sunday school today. But like God is already there, right? So if he's already there, then then I'll go, I'll go too, right? Yeah. God is there with us in the presence, in the midst of all the hard that we're going through. God is there with us. And he's granted us community to to be his hands and feet, to be there with us too, you know, which goes back to what you're saying. We're, we're not meant to do this alone. And it's, you know, we don't just have an autonomous relationship with the Lord. He works through through his church. And so when we go, when we when we go through the meltdown to get the shoes on, to get to church, there's a blessing there because because God is there and um, and He's there through the presence of His people, and His people are ministering to us. And so when we're when we're standing in worship, even if even if our kid is doing something strange, you know, in the in the pews while we're while we're trying to sing, we're worshiping together with with God's people, and God is there with us, and we're being ministered to through others, and we are ministering to others by having our children there, by being there, present with them, and you know because our children have value and they add to they add to worship. They don't take away from it. They're not, you know, we might say their behavior is distracting, but their their presence is valuable to the Lord and it's valuable to the body of Christ. Right. And we need and we're robbing the church of a blessing when we don't show up. Right. I mean there's there's nowhere in the Bible that says only quiet adults can be in a worship service. Like that's not that's nowhere in there. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Like everyone belongs there. Um but I think, you know, there as culture as culture goes, that's kind of how it's been, right? And it, but there is nowhere in the Bible that says only quiet adults come to worship no no um so yes you're right like we everyone needs to be there and everyone because the body of christ is not just people who can sit for 45 minutes um that's not that's not that's not um the entire body of christ right it's much more than that so um we we should be representative of that um in our worship services and our churches and um and in our programs we have right absolutely Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. It's been so encouraging to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Um, so thank you for being on the show. Um, if you'd like to connect with Bronwyn, you can find her on her church website at ucov.com. And that's ucov.com. You can find her there. All of these links will be made available in today's show notes. So please check those out. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and this is A Special Hope. You can find our website at hopeandautism.com slash a special hope podcast. Also on our Facebook page as A Special Hope Podcast. And my Twitter handle is at A Special Hope Pod. You can also email me at A Special Hope Podcast at hopeandautism.com. I love to connect with you on social media and hear your comments. Bronwyn, thanks again for coming. We've been, it's been a pleasure having you. Oh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. 